the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Mark 10, Jesus says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of God took on himself human nature not to go about Israel with servants at his beck and call, but to be the greatest servant of all in serving mankind by paying the ransom for sin with his death on the cross. I, as your pastor, have been blessed these last three months to have a time of renewal and refreshment so that I might once again step into this pulpit and proclaim to you that Jesus indeed did give his life for you as a ransom, and you have salvation in him. When Jesus says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, it is easy to relate his words to his death and resurrection. However, there are times when it is hard to understand exactly why Jesus is saying or doing something. For example, the miracle of changing water into wine at the wedding in Cana is easily misunderstood. Or when Jesus heals the blind man in stages. The first stage results in the man seeing men, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus heals the man completely. Why is he doing this? Well, that's another sermon. In today's gospel lesson, though, we have a woman begging Jesus to heal her demon-possessed daughter, and Jesus will indeed heal the daughter. However, the details of the story can be quite confusing, and Jesus can appear even to be rude to this woman. Yet the story fits clearly into Jesus' ministry of serving and giving his life as a ransom for many. Let's hear how. The story begins with Jesus leaving Gennesaret, a Jewish town by the Sea of Galilee, where he had been accosted by Pharisees and scribes who came all the way from Jerusalem just to confront Jesus. Now Jesus leaves Gennesaret and goes to the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is on the Mediterranean north of Galilee. Now, this should perk up your ears because this region of Tyre and Sidon is a Gentile region and it was never, ever part of ancient Israel. Yet Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, heads to this region, and there a Canaanite woman seeks him out. Again, your ears should pick up. She's a Canaanite woman. This is the only time in all the New Testament that the word Canaanite appears. However, this word is used often in the Old Testament, you might remember. The Canaanites were in the inhabitants of the Holy Land, that had been promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Canaanites were idol worshipers, and their idol worship was particularly offensive as it involved cultic prostitution and child sacrifice. The Canaanites were the enemies of God's people, and their religion was a stench in the nostrils of the Lord. And yet, this Canaanite woman comes to Jesus. Listen to what she, whose whole heritage is in violent opposition to the God of Israel. Listen to what she says to Jesus on this occasion. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. This woman confesses Jesus as Lord, and he is the son of David. And she is asking Jesus to heal her daughter from demon possession. Now, what does Jesus do? Jesus, this compassionate Lord, 
who's cast out many demons and indeed is the promised Messiah from the line of David. What does he do? Nothing. Does not heal the daughter or even address the woman. What's going on here with Jesus? Well, I have a question for you. Has there been anyone who gets desperate and they're willing to say anything, they're even willing to lie just to get some relief? Often people in pain will say anything just to get something going for themselves. They'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do anything to get relief. Jesus is testing her by ignoring her. But the disciples just want to get rid of her. Their request to send her away is akin to saying to Jesus, Jesus, now go ahead and heal this girl. This woman needs to be out of our hair. Uh, just do this and we'll be rid of this woman. But Jesus is not in the ministry of throwing miracles around willy-nilly. No, as he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus knows his mission. He's the promised Messiah of Israel. But the woman is not deterred. She humbles herself and kneels before the Lord, says, Lord, help me. Jesus, still testing her, though, says this, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In saying this, he's not insulting the woman, but just indicating she's not part of Israel. But the woman's response is pure gold, and this is what we're to hear. Yes, Lord, for even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She is perfectly content to have crumbs from the table of Jesus. She knows her place isn't at the master's table, for she's a Canaanite. She knows, however, who the Messiah is, that this is the promised one even for Canaanites. She's turned her back on the Canaanite gods and goddesses. She has repented of them. Her faith is in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and she's content to be at her master's table. She understands she has no standing before Christ, but just to receive mercy from him. And mercy and healing is exactly what she gets. Her daughter is healed, and Jesus says to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. In this gospel, that most clearly, the Gospel of Matthew, that most clearly shows that Jesus is the promised Christ to Israel, Matthew highlights the faith of this pagan Canaanite woman. She's the one person in all of Matthew chapter 15 who truly recognizes that she has nothing to merit from the Lord, but she just merely throws herself to God's grace. She believes and clings to Jesus as her promised Christ. She has absolute faith in Christ, and Jesus praises her faithfulness to him. Now, this is in stark contrast to the Pharisees and scribes, these people who so-called knew the word of God, they who so-called know the word of God accost Jesus and accuse him of teaching falsely. They thought they knew God's word. They thought they were part of the kingdom of God. They weren't. This Canaanite woman, though, is part of the kingdom of God as she clings to Jesus and his mercy alone. Scribes and Pharisees are warnings to us. Just because we know a little bit about God's word doesn't mean our little bit of knowledge is enough to save. Rather, we have nothing, just as this woman had nothing, and we cling to Jesus for mercy. And we praise God that she is our sister in Christ. She's an example of faithfulness. She has nothing. She doesn't want to be honored by Jesus. She's just content 
with crumbs at the table. You have nothing to merit mercy from God or to have a place at his table. The woman clings to Jesus because Jesus is the only one to cling to. He is the true Christ. You live, and it's so easy to overlook your sinfulness before the Lord. It's easy to think that your sins are not too bad as to bring God's judgment upon you. And that if you know a few Bible stories, you go to church once in a while, that's just fine. That deserves something before the Lord. This doesn't make you a Christian. You do not get into the kingdom of God because of anything in you. Only Jesus can bring you into his kingdom. He gave his life as a ransom for your sins. He broke the power of death and opened eternal life for you with his resurrection. The Holy Spirit is the one who works faith in the hearts of sinners. He brings you to Christ in the waters of baptism. Jesus now welcomes you to his table and feeds you with his body and blood as a gift for you and for your forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. You don't deserve a place at a table, but Jesus welcomes you fully into the kingdom of God. And by his grace, you're saved. As I said, Matthew is the gospel that prominently shows that Jesus is the promised Christ of Israel. Yet he, the promised Christ, the promised Christ of Israel, is gives salvation for all. And his salvation is not limited to Israel. And that's why in Matthew, your ears pick up when you see Gentiles who are now part of the kingdom of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 1, there's another Canaanite woman. Except she's not called a Canaanite, but you know she's a Canaanite. Her name's Rahab. She was in Jericho, and she rejects the gods of the Canaanites and believes in the one true God and saves the spies and claims a place with the people of God. The Magi, in Matthew chapter 2, are Gentiles, and they worship this infant or young boy, Jesus. In Matthew 8, the Roman centurion believes in the Lord, and Jesus says of him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Jesus comes for all. He comes for you. And his last words in the Gospel of Matthew are, Make disciples of all nations, all peoples, all, all tribes, all categories of people make disciples of them. His salvation is for you. His salvation is fall. He paid the price for all sins. He paid the price for you. He came and paid the price for you. A young boy from Aurora. He came and paid the price for you. A retiree in Naperville. He came and paid the price for you. A mother or father here with your children from Plainfield. He came and paid the price for you. A girl from Bolingbrook. Jesus is your savior. He is your Lord. He welcomes you to his table. He is savior of all. Amen.